In this episode, I speak with Alessandra Mignardi. Alessandra had the good fortune of being born and gastronomically raised in the heart of Italy by three great cooks, her mother and her two grandmothers. They had their own food religion. Alessandra earned a master's in political science and development studies in Rome, then worked as a project manager and humanitarian aid manager in Iraq, India, Afghanistan, and Indonesia. She has traveled extensively around the Middle East and South Asia. In 2006, Alessandra moved with her husband to his homeland, the Netherlands, where they now have three food-spoiled teens and conversations in three languages at any one time. After graduating from a digital arts degree in 2007, Alessandra moved into photography as a career after dabbling in it since her teenage years. Her food photography is exquisite, and each photograph is carefully brought to life via an idea, seasonal produce, curated props, and is captured during a small window of time with natural light on her mildly sunny European days. Additionally, Alessandra is a huge fan of sourdough and is a fellow fan of organization expert Marie Kondo and her KonMari method. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Alessandra, it is so lovely to have you. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Thank you. I'm so happy to be your host uh, today. I'm doing very well. You have one of the most incredible backgrounds. Uh, Firstly, I want to say that I came across you accidentally on Instagram. Your photography, firstly, I want to say as a food photographer, your images are so rich and layered and transformative. It really, really caught my eye. And me being a photographer myself, it's incredible story that goes into developing each of those shots. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I know that, but your work is absolutely so striking. I would like to hear a little bit more about your background and what your journey was on the way to becoming a food photographer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's, um, yeah, it was everything except becoming a food photographer. I dreamed when I was a teenager to to work in developing countries as um, um, in, yeah, war zone areas and in, yeah, developing countries. So I studied political sciences in, uh, in Rome. And um, 
And then I, the moment I finished, I started applying for jobs. And, I, and so my path started. I got the opportunity to, to, to work in Iraq and then in India with the United Nations Fellowship Program. And then I went to Kabul in 2000, the beginning of 2004. In what uh, capacity just, were you working there? I was a project places. manager. Yeah, okay. project manager. Yeah, every mm-hmm. time. And um, also assistant uh, um, of the head of mission in mm-hmm. uh, defining uh, the new projects. So writing down, uh, checking what were the other new possibilities for um, new activities and uh, were the needs of uh, the people, the new women mainly programs for for women development and for children and healthcare mm-hmm. so um i i had uh, my own uh, uh, portfolio of, uh, of projects to manage and next to it i assisted um, uh, in um, in delhi and uh, in afghanistan the head of mission to write the new proposals to be funded uh, through um public um, uh, funds, uh, Italian government of the European Commission of the, through the United Nations. So all mm-hmm. um, writing down all projects, pro- project proposals. And um, so I had the opportunity to, to travel uh, along um, in, in India and in Afghanistan. And it was uh, incredible. Um, all amazing experiences and um, all the people I met uh, and I spoke to and um, people with whom I'm s- some of them I'm still in contact with. So, yeah, it was uh, it was great lifetime. Um, yeah, experiences that changed radically my my life, um, it's emotionally, and uh, I also still have connections with. Uh, some of my colleagues or I made friendships that are still um, um, real and solid uh, till now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I lived with, um, in, in a compound in Kabul with colleagues and uh, they used to call me uh, the mother abbess. <laughs> Because I was taking care of everyone. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I always had to make sure that we could eat uh, good food. And it was... Uh, ah, from your past, yes. Yeah, that was, uh, that was always uh, something that was always uh, um, coming back. Um, they must have also. loved you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so, yeah, and then in Kabul, I met uh, the guy who later became my husband. Uh, so, so, uh-huh. the, yeah, so, also, yeah, I was, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, lucky enough to, to meet, we were lucky enough to meet each other there. And um, so later on, we went to Indonesia and, um and um, but at that time I couldn't uh, um, work as project manager. Uh, that was just after the tsunami. My husband had a new uh, job there as um, coordinator, 
And so I decided to dedicate to my old time passion that was uh, photography. Mm-hmm. And um, I took up um, an online course with the school based New York and I started uh, developing more um, my skills uh, in, in photography and in digital arts in general. So, and later on, we moved to his homeland here in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then here our children were born. So I stopped working as a project manager because yeah, when we moved here, um, I didn't have that possibility anymore. And I became a full-time mother. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my life um, yeah, changed completely. Right, uh, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah it was... Um, um, that was also my lifetime dream to become a mother and have a family. So I was really happy to to do that and um, and to uh, take care of our kids and um, bring them up uh, the way I like and not um, uh, put them in a daycare uh, six mm-hmm. hours per day. Uh, which is a choice and um, so you were a very hands-on mom yeah yeah I just um, I wanted to be at home I wanted to Mm. take care of them and I had the the opportunity because yeah my husband had a new full-time job so Mm -hmm. it was fine like this and I kept uh, the time uh, um, photographing um, the kids uh, the food uh, and um, and um, studying and um, learning um, new skills um, every day, and um, and the food photography itself came later on because I experimented in many kinds of photography, uh, from portraiture to um, botanical to um, reportage. I did a lot of reportages and um, corporate photography. And um, and later on, it became more clear that since I love cooking, I love um, styling food, I love... Um, uh, I am a foodie. <laughs> yes. I, I in the very, you know, one hundred percent sense. That's for sure. It's yeah, all encompassing. I, yes, I, I have my own food religion, and uh, so I just <laughs> wanted to dedicate uh, more to to food, to food photography. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so, so I, I want to go back a little bit to your earlier photography and. Talk about, well, the places that you have lived have been, you know, they're very interesting, um, the many places. Were you, you were doing reportage photography in those places? Yes, I, yeah, in India, I, well, when we were uh, traveling around for um, the programs, I was always uh, photographing and um and the photos were used uh, for uh, the the projects to 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 show to the um, 
how uh, yeah, where, who were the beneficiaries of the projects, uh, where mm-hmm. was it located, and so. And then, um, and then I in India I met an, uh, a Swedish uh, journalist uh, mm-hmm. who was. South Asia correspondent for uh, Sweden uh, and uh, and Norway, and he asked me to join him to to Kabul to cover the um, the um, uh, couple of uh, of stories that he was um, going to um, to tell about because there was the time in two thousand and four where there were. Uh, um, um, there was the, vo- uh, the voters' registration, so mm-hmm. all people were coming to register so that for the first democratic elections in Afghanistan. And so I went with him to Kabul for the first time as um, as a photographer, as um, a reportage photographer. And um, yeah, it was an amazing opportunity for me because um, at that time. I was just after 2001 and in those years uh, so much uh, about uh, what was going on in Afghanistan. It was really a, a great opportunity. And um, so I could finally see uh, the world um, that I was um, always reading in the news. Right. And, and B, I, I was allowed as a woman to go in the electoral site for women to take photos of women who normally in the streets were only with burkas. Mm-hmm. So it was incredible. I mean, and seeing all so these women for the first time looking at, uh, at their ID card, at a photo of them, because yeah, they were coming from remote villages. And they had never seen, they had never had a photo done of themselves. Uh, they had barely a mirror at home. So right. they, I have photos uh, of them really looking uh, with a striking look. Fascinating. So fascinating, yes. Yeah, so that was a great, uh, great opportunity to, to be there. And um, yeah, really thankful that I could do that. And um, afterwards, uh, since I anyway wanted to, I uh, was looking for a new job. I had applied for uh, work in, uh, with an Italian non-governmental organization. I, I did an interview when I was there in Kabul those days and they hired me. So I went back to Rome. I switched suitcases. I changed the, <laughs> the visa on the passport. <laughs> and went back to Kabul after two weeks. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Very quick. Quick yes. turnaround. So, it's, you know, for me, it's very interesting. I mean, some of the places that I've lived as well, where we go from these civilizations that are so modern and formed and at the same time, somewhere else in the world, these people are still living in very remote villages and the lives are so different. But then in India, you see this, they live side by side. Oh, yeah, yeah. The slums and the rich, it's such a juxtaposition. Yeah, I remember taking uh, photos of uh, from the slums 
and in the background these uh, skyscrapers and these mm. huge villas. So the 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 there was such a huge discrepancy and uh, still difficult for me to. <laughs> to and it's still today like that. It's still yes. yeah. It's it's very. I, I feel like uh, everybody needs to go to places like India at some point in their life because you really, really get an education and really uh, it's very eye-opening to see how how everybody lives there. So from the reportage photography, you then, from Kabul, you ended up going to Norway? No, uh, I was um, I, I was in um, the, the journalist was based in, in New Delhi, so mm-hmm. I had to go to Norway. My photos were just sent there for um, the newspaper. Right, right. And now with your photography, you are 100% working with food, which includes, as you, as you mentioned, the styling. And for anybody who might admire food photography online, it's actually a really difficult thing to do, to not only shoot food but to give it a life. You look at your photographs and they're telling a story within the photograph that's very... Um, it can take you down. I mean, I love how people can interpret work however they wish from their own experiences, but to look at it, you you really fall into the image, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the storytelling is extremely important in food photography because um, we don't want to show how it looks something, but how it feels. Uh, yes. The story that it conveys. The, um, so uh, behind a shoot, there is so much preparation. And uh, so there is uh, all the thought that what I want to, to transmit to, to the viewers of, of the photo. And um, it's like, um, yeah, it's a multi-level um, image and uh, it's like drawing or painting um that you yes make precisely layers, that's exactly layers, how i would layers of uh, uh from backwards to onwards and from the sides to uh to the center uh what is the focus what is the the the, the message that we want to to transmit and um, and the light is extremely important. I only work with natural light. I never work with it. Oh, is that right? Light. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I was going to ask you that, uh, and I'm, I'm having a very quick look through your extraordinary oh, Instagram. I, it's, it's truly extraordinary. But I want to... I'm I'm going to choose a random one here and I would love for you to, you know, talk me through the process uh, because it, it is a lot of work. When you say you are styling as well, that is a tremendous effort. Um, let's say we go with, I'm going to show you 
It's it's one with the white tulips and the juice and the oranges. So if anyone wants to have a look at it's dated the 21st of January. But if you want to tell me what your what's the structure behind creating something like this? So you go from getting your idea sourcing the props you know what's your color like if you can talk through that it would be amazing yeah so uh yeah the idea is in this photo of yeah about drinking an orange juice orange juice yeah oranges that are seasonal so it's january and um um and it's also the season of tulips so um so I the setup is on a on a table and I have the the light coming from from the left that hits the 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 table diagonally mm-hmm. and you see the image from backwards so that the hero uh is the orange juice that is in the in the cent- the bottle is in the center of mm-hmm. the of the image and you see that it's a kind of cross um, that you build in the photography uh, so that the elements bring the view towards the hero that is the, the bottle. So, mm-hmm. um, and there is, yeah, the line together with the tulips that kindly hit the... So there's the, the composition of how you've got it set up and yeah. all the complementary props and food yeah. are they like food props that all lead into the hero yes yes everything has to lead into the to the hero that is in this case the the orange juice and then you see the glass next to it that's a so, beautiful table is that a wooden old wooden table well, the it's a prop. It's um, I have different po- uh, also backgrounds, mm-hmm. and that was a, um, a an old table, and that I put on my table. <laughs> so that ah um, okay yeah. So you get and the wood. Yes, yeah. So that there is the wood structure, and um, because yeah, for every image, the background makes. Uh, um, um, a difference uh, yeah because yeah you have to emphasize or help support give support to to the the hero and the, the yeah the the structure of the image itself and um so also yeah the the, the leaves are also used as props and um there's a I knife love the leaves yeah they they are also blurred because it's like the way that the eye sees things so from if you see in uh, in the distance uh, that if you point at something you see that thing sharp and on the sides uh, things are blurred so it's exactly in that way it's not that everything is uh, um, sharp in focus right focus yeah it's um to to create this whole story i mean that's really what it is uh, do you do you kind of look at okay what's in season and from that you decide I'm going to have tulips I'm going to do something with the orange juice and then in terms of where you are placing everything in the shot every single thing in these shots is carefully thought out is that correct 
Yes, yeah, there's nothing uh, left. Um, uh, there's nothing yeah, just not, thrown in, is there? No, no. Very, looks, very composed. Yeah, the thing is that, yeah, it, it has to look as if it's just But it looks effortless, in. yeah. Yeah, but as I mentioned... And that fact, takes a lot. <laughs> because, yeah, also when it's shot from, uh, from the table side... I um, I have to constantly uh, lower so that I see at the level of the camera. So when I put things and um, so that it's everything in in the right direction, pointing to the right um, uh, to the hero, and um, and the colors of course are uh, um, are um, very important because if I had put uh, um, purple tulips next to an uh, orange right <laughs> it would have been different yeah maybe with a match but I, I wanted something um specifically uh more delicate mm. like white uh, so uh, yeah the color of the of the flowers is um yeah chosen so that the it doesn't take the the um, the interest away from the from the oranges yeah exactly and if it had have been another color it would have felt a little it would you know that feeling is just be like something's just different yeah yeah they have to compensate each other and doesn't have to contrast or take the space take the yes yeah as if someone is dancing if as if yeah the, the first ballerina is dancing and then someone enters and uh pre- yeah to take the <laughs> The podium that can happen. <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> That's great. And another one that is absolutely striking. Now I think they are little. Tell me what is, is this little? Oh, yeah. um yeah, uh, current. Right. Uh, yeah, ribes. Uh, ribes. Ribes fruit. It's called ribes. Yeah, I don't the, know what this fruit is. This like pomegranate seeds? No, these are little. No, it's not pomegranate. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's called the uh, ribes. Right. And they look. The, they look like currants. Maybe it could be the same word, but I'm gonna look it up later. This one is on the. Yeah, I'm just trying to time. find on the 14th of January. If anyone wants to have a look at that. Hey everyone, I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power, but that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really want to create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. 
In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer, and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time, and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. I just love all of these, but what's your favorite, absolute favorite thing to photograph? Uh, in uh, food-wise, you mean? Uh, yeah, food-wise. Uh, either chocolate, chocolate um cupcakes or apple pies i'm mad about apple pies yeah dutch the dutch one (laughs) absolutely Uh, there's one here that's absolutely stunning and and do you make the pie from scratch yeah yeah absolutely yes yeah it's um it's a lot yeah the dutch uh, it's the typical dutch apple pie um and it took quite some um time to to get it to my to our full uh, taste because of course you know here uh, i have uh, three kids and a husband uh, who are totally spoiled and uh, and um yeah they always comment on uh, on the flavor <laughs> <laughs> really oh yeah now it was fun because once i wanted to make a pie um using uh, a totally different uh, crumb um um dough mm. and um and um, in in the mixture and i did it in a way because i wanted to make particular decorations on the pie mm-hmm. but this dough is was totally plain it looked wonderful but it was totally plain so they went on eating and um yeah they started eating because yeah they were oh wow it looks so great <laughs> they're giving and, you a critique like, mm, but um mm, actually mm, it doesn't taste good <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because yeah yeah, was, yeah. you're so proud of it and they're like yeah. cut you down yeah yeah oh, that's I know, it was funny so, yeah but this one looks absolutely amazing this is on the first of december if anyone wants to have a look the gosh you've got the lattice on the top the crisscross and all of this is so important in terms of the textures and the layering you know it's a very big part of the layering um Oh, this one's amazing. I can see with the apples that are kind of sitting down and it's it's lower and around and 
just very beautifully complementing the pie. And, you know, it's got the lattice, but at the same time, it's quite plain. But the entire picture itself is absolutely stunning. What is a disaster that you've done? Like, you know, when you're first starting with food photography, it can be so frustrating. Oh, absolutely. I have um, plenty of time. Yeah, it happens uh, sometimes, still sometimes, that I plan um, a shoot or for my portfolio or something. And, um, yeah, the the cake um, or uh, what I prepare goes wrong or um, or it, there's terrible weather. And um, so even if uh, I can adjust as much as I want, uh, if it's totally gray and dark light outside, because, yeah, we live in North Europe, <laughs> not a chance to, go, to get the, the shot the way I want. So, mm. yeah, it goes wrong. And it's uh, part, of the, part of the game. Yeah. And the light is obviously everything for images and working with natural light it's changing constantly constantly so you must have such great familiarity with what happens with the light where you are and even to know when you see the clouds okay today's going to be this kind of day maybe it won't be good for shooting yeah 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 no i know that after 12 o'clock i can't shoot anymore in right the so I have to plan everything um, in a way so that I can shoot between 10.30 and quarter to 12 max. And then I'm done because otherwise the light falls completely in a different way and it's too warm. Mm. And um, the, yeah, for how much I can correct in the, pro- pro- in the camera, in the settings or in the, in the editing, um, it's not what I want. Mm. I prefer to shoot and to do, yes, editing, but uh, not so invasive um, because, of course, the the shadows and the mid-tones are extremely important. Especially for your type of photography, yours, you have a lot of dark photography. So that's quite critical. Yes, it is. If it's a way too bright day, I I have to use uh, yeah I use uh, diffusers and uh, mm-hmm. bouncers or protectors to 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 stop the light or to direct it the way I want, and uh, and that's um, possible. But yeah, when it's the sun is too high and then it hits in a different way, yeah, it's. Um, um, it doesn't work, not at least in my place. Uh, because you see, ev- every house, every place where you photograph with natural light, you have to really to learn. And it takes a lot of practice to understand how to use and modify the natural light. It's, um, it's beautiful and uh, it's um, a big uh, learning uh, experience. And it changes around the world. That's what I, that's what I find really yeah. fascinating, depending on where you live in the world. Um, where I am in the UAE, the light is so different. It's um, very, very bright. I mean, to even shoot outside 
it's a lot. But then if you're shooting inside, quite often a lot of the windows have tint on it. Yeah. So, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, and of course, before, um, for example, uh, inside we have uh, all the walls are white. Mm. Otherwise, they would also yeah, the color of the walls would reflect uh, in the food. And I happen to put uh, uh, um, black um, um, cloth on the floor because we have wood floors. But yeah, mm-hmm. also they a bit orangey. So right. I don't want that it reflects. Because <laughs> it'll reflect straight off your wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. It can reflect, uh, yeah. And I have a huge cabin, a red cab, Chinese cabinet. Right. I have I put uh, every time I cover it with a cloth. Are you covering it with a black cloth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to move things around. Uh, yeah, it's it's the thing of the not having. Yeah, it's my. I call it my kitchen studio. <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's my living room. Yeah, I have my cabinets and everything I need. There's my kitchen, all my utensils, all my props, and it's perfect. I don't need to have another uh, studio. I have to move things around, but yeah. Um, yeah, it takes less to move things around than having to take the car and drive somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. And you're right there with your kitchen and you can fix things immediately exactly. and have everything, have all of your props. That's that's a really, really important part of the process as well. There's so many components that go into it, the lighting, the colors, the what textures you're using, but the props are critical a prop can make or break an image absolutely yes 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 yeah they like if you use a uh, too big uh, a spoon too big it takes uh, takes over yes exactly that reflects the light oh ah it kills the image right away yeah so and or uh, a background that um, has a color tone that doesn't match with the the, the food, yeah, it kills mm-hmm. the air. So it's everything is absolutely chosen um, carefully. And one and recently not- that did incredible was on the 12th of February. I think everybody should, uh, hopefully everyone will just be trawling through your Instagram, but you literally have that slice of blood orange on that pie server that is so intricate and beautiful with its design. It's such a simple concept, but the layering, the textures and the colors and the light just make it absolutely breathtaking. And this one you said went, well, I can see it went viral. Um, That one really, really captured a lot of people, a lot of people's attention. And I can see why. What has been, well, okay, what, what's something that in terms of the food photography that you haven't done yet that you would love to photograph within food? Like what types of food have you thought about that you would really love to craft a scene with? Uh, yeah, I want to dedicate more to bread, to sourdough mm, bread. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that 
and photograph also bakers uh, with bread, that for yeah. sure, and flour and so snapping hands uh, with flour and uh, yeah, that um, um, that is absolutely something that is on my list. Do you bake and, bread? Yeah, um, I now in a while I haven't. I had um, a period years ago in which I was only <laughs> uh, baking uh, sourdough bread, and um, see a loaf of bread here uh, lasts uh, ten minutes. So I had to <laughs> bake uh, three at a time, and it was never enough. Right. So, well, come on, you're baking some bread from scratch. I don't think that would last in anyone's house for very long. <laughs> no, so yeah, so sourdough bread, um, um, yeah, it's way too good. And uh, yeah, it brings back the memories of my home hometown. Um, I grew up with only sourdough bread. I used to go to the baker, this big woman who had uh, an oven in the basement of her house uh, and to buy these huge loaves of bread. Can you imagine a loaf this big um, for just two and a half euros? Oh, That's that's a fantasy in today's world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now uh, love can cost eight to ten euros. So, yeah. um, can you talk a little bit about that? About you know your your upbringing. It it really does sound fairy tale ish. Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, this small town in the south of Italy, uh, in the south of uh, of Rome, and um, so in the center of Italy. It's a very old town um, on a hill and um, I have one brother and uh, yeah, I grew up at home with my mom and dad and um, all my grandparents uh, live, live close by. So yeah, a village, not a village, but yeah, really like uh, simple and I uh, had everyone close. I could play in the streets, and that is totally something that my kids have no idea what it is because they grew up in a city. Mm-hmm. So I also had, um, I was privileged enough to have my grandparents alive till, uh, yeah, the first one died when I was 23. Mm-hmm. So uh, I grew up with them, and that is also that something that my children haven't, head because yeah we live far away and um so at that time it was um yeah I I had no worries uh, or I yeah it was um it was totally different than life for children's now and um of course uh, I grew up uh, eating uh, uh being totally spoiled with the food of my mom and with my grandmothers one of the two uh was amazing every sunday yeah the t- typical italian every sunday 300,000 dishes yeah. on the table yeah, yeah exactly homemade starting with homemade pasta every oh, wow. sunday for the entire family and the dessert was brought by the other grandma who was specialized in desserts. So all the pies that I bake, I've learned from her and homemaking wow. pasta from the other grandma. 
So, yeah, and uh, my mom, we always had, yeah, my mom always had friends and guests uh, invited for dinner uh, in the weekends. So, so we we used to have, um, yeah, not exactly parties, but yeah, we, we had always friends over for mm. dinner uh, in the weekend. Or, and that was special. Yeah. I love that everything is centered around food. I, I grew up out in the countryside. So, uh, you know, anytime someone would come to visit, it, everything was about food. You have to be, make something, cook something. And, yeah, no, I mean, uh, and, and, and this is the, yeah, really the way I was brought up. And if someone comes here with, with my friends and my husband says, Oh, yeah, we don't have enough time. I'll get something. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> no. No, I'm gonna cook. It's it's something happens to you when you've grown up around cooking. It's very difficult to even get takeout food. It's yeah. so difficult because you can't really control what's in it. You don't really know what's in it. I mean, you know that a lot of kind of sometimes there's a lot of sugar and oils and things, but homemade food is a different level. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how, when when were you uh, at that town last? Um, last summer, last summer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we we went uh, by car to Italy, and um, so we stopped in uh, Florence, where my brother lives with his family, and then uh, we went to my hometown. Um, anyway, yeah. So it was nice. It was hot. It was really hot last summer. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so lovely that you carry this on. Do your, do your children like any of the cooking? Are they, are they picking up on any of this? Oh, uh, look, this morning, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like this morning, the youngest one woke up at 6.30 to make pancakes. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, because they, they really like to, to, yeah, on a normal day, yeah, it's not weekend, but yeah, last uh, Sunday, uh, the eldest one made the, prepared the breakfast and made the waffles, and, um, or, or he comes home and they cook for themselves. They, yeah, they. That's impressive. I had, yeah, they, last year, I, yeah, I, they always helped in the kitchen they always been interested in cooking and um um but um last year i had, yeah around this time february march last year i had to push for them to be, be to learn more and be more independent mm-hmm. because um yeah that was important but um uh something um massive happened to my family because my um they all in Italy they all got covid and um so my grandmother and my mother and my father were in, hospitalized so i knew that at some point i had to go to italy to take care of them to revalidate and mm. uh, so i really pushed uh, uh, yeah so they had to be to to learn more to cook and so we had schedules here at home every day someone would help in um in in the kitchen or 
cook something. Um, so every day, everyone had a, a schedule. And um, and then, yeah, the situation then worsened uh, so much that unfortunately, uh, first my grandmother died and then my mother died of uh, COVID in the hospital. Oh, so sorry and, to hear. Uh, yeah, it was uh, terrible. And uh, so I had to go. I to can't imagine. And um, we, at that time, we were not yet vaccinated. And um, so we had to go with all protections. And uh, so the emotions that were completely, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I was broken inside. I was totally broken. So, mm. um, so I had to leave my family here. And I was also scared of going there and getting sick myself, uh, said yeah, so it is. So, mm. so they had to, in that time, those, that month that I was away, they cooked every day, they took care of each other. And um, my husband did an amazing job uh, and, um, with them. So you came back to completely yeah. transformed chefs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> really, really proud of them. Yes, yes. And with, I mean, your work is so absolutely stunning. Do you, what do you plan, what would you hope that you would like to do with your work? Uh, right now you're doing it for yourself privately maybe? Yeah, I do a lot of things for my portfolio and I have some clients sometimes. Right, and, okay. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get more clients uh, um, I have no in, doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> so, would you ever be interested in an, in a cookbook down the track? I could see your work in a cookbook or in yeah, a photography yeah. book. In a photography yeah, book, I think. yeah, yeah. I would, I would really like to to um, to work with a cookbook on a specific uh, specific recipes. Um, that is uh, one of my dreams, of course. And yes, yeah. what part of the process do you enjoy the most? Is it because you've got the cooking, the styling, the photography, and what a lot of people don't realize is just how much work the editing is as well. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, is my worst liked job. I really dislike editing. Some people love it. Yeah, I, I enjoy editing. I enjoy because it's like being in the, the dark room. It's the dark room. And, of, right. You see um, something come to life in, yes, yes, in so that time. Because, yeah, it come, I have an image. Uh, shoot the image in that way. So the composition, the, the light is the right one. But still, with the editing, you can do so much to yeah. emphasize even more um, what you exactly want to, uh, the message you want to convey and adjust the colors to the right tones. And um, so there's so much that can be done. And yeah, and, yeah you're and right. Also, yeah, and also use the photo of different uh, means. So, yeah. It is, it is really just so beautiful. And I want to just say thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me. Um, this, it just conjures up so many 
images in my mind of, you know, all the food from scratch and the people around and the creative process of each individual image is really unique and just so beautiful in every possible way. The, the colors, um, the lighting, as you say, do you like to shoot light colored images as well? Or do you find it quite challenging to shoot the, you know, the darker tones? Um, yeah, I like, um, I like to, to use dark background so that I can. It's very striking, isn't it? so that I can put more attention to the subject itself. Because when mm. it's everything bright, um, yeah, it gives it conveys a nice message because it's bright and it's happy. I, but I, it doesn't, to me, give the right justice, justice to, to the food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. Now, <laughs> I have already talked about your Instagram a lot. Uh, but how can people find you if you can run through your details? Um, well, I have a website. It is uh, my name, alessandramignardi.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And on Instagram, it's, uh, it's Alessandra Mignardi. Perfect. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you today. And thank you so much for sharing those stories. It was really great. I feel really privileged having met you. Thank you. All right. Well, take care. I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening. And we look forward to having you back with us again soon.